0: You are now listening to Couch Coach Live.
1: All right, so we're back here on another Couch Coach Live Sunday sit-down, season one, episode six, and it'll be a part of our NBA bubble preview. I got my good friend Gerald from the Lakers Fast Break
0: podcast. What's going on Gerald? Not much. I'm thankful that I'm not in my own bubble, but <laughs> I'm just truly thankful for being here. I appreciate you taking the time for for, you know, having me on the show and uh, I'll tell you what, it's just been so gracious and we were just, you know, off off air we were talking about all the tremendous response all of us uh, sports podcasters and broadcasters are giving each other. It's just great to see, and I think we're all just excited for NBA basketball just around the corner. I can reach it. I can almost touch it. I can almost touch it, my friend. Absolutely,
1: and man, so give us some insight on the um, on the Lakers Fast Break podcast.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you for asking me for that. It is the Lakers Fast Break podcast. We cover yes, the Lakers. We have Lakers centric podcast. We also as well. And good afternoon to you as well, Jeff. I want to go ahead and say thank you for everybody listening and watching to your shows and also our shows as well. The Lakers fast break podcast, which you can get anywhere you get your podcast. We talk about obviously there's Lakers centric podcasts, but there's also general NBA podcasts. I have a ton of those and a lot of NBA draft insiders come by the show and they talk not only just regular basketball stuff, but they do go in depth, really in depth on the NBA draft. So if you're looking for that entire mix of the basketball scene, where we talk about the bubble, the playoffs, the season, the Lakers, as you know, all the stuff that they're doing, the draft. You know, who do you like? Who do you not like? The future of the NBA, all that nine yards. Head over to the Lakers Fast Break podcast wherever you get your podcast. I just truly appreciate it if you did. And also, the Lakers Fast Break podcast also plays after the initial run. It does play later in the week on our Pop Culture Cosmos you know, channel as well. And it just it's just so great to have you know so many different people out there in the sports world coming on the show. And we cannot thank enough to you and everybody else that that wants to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate you sitting down with us on this great Sunday. And definitely you Charlotte you appreciate you Jeff for um hitting us up. So what are your thoughts on just the bubble in its whole in 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 the collective sense?
0: Well I mean it's when you look at it from – I wish I would have got my hands on that that whole 110-page uh, memo the NBA sent on what is being allowed and not allowed. I, w- I was trying to get my hands on it. Couldn't quite do it. But I, I saw from many articles the ins and outs of it. Obviously, that the first and foremost thing is for the players' safety and the coaches and everyone involved in the NBA. For that, it could be one of the safest places I do not say on the on the planet, but at least in the United States right now for trying to prevent the coronavirus from spreading. So in that essence, it's great for the players. It's going to be tough because of the fact that they're going to be spending, let's say, whoever makes the, the NBA finals, they're going to be spending up towards of three, three and a half months there. So that is a tough deal. And they're going to be away from their families for the most part until after the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the whole design, I w- would probably have said that maybe 20 teams or maybe just the playoff teams themselves, the 16 would have been best. I don't think I would have gone 22. But as you and I both know, when they say it's not about money, it's about money. And and obviously generating that TV income is paramount. And I, I get that. But I was just uh, on talking to Matt Moderno from the Believe in Wizards podcast, and even you know he could hear in his voice that, you know, with Bradley Beal sitting out and Davis Bertan sitting out, and even though they still might have a chance to sneak in and get that eighth spot, it's just it's hard for him to go ahead and get one one hundred percent behind it, and it's hard for anybody to get behind Phoenix or or Washington or even San Antonio, who really do not stand a chance of getting in it because it's just at this point. They're there almost as fodder for the rest of these teams, and that—that's a shame. That's a shame.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing. I'm, as, as a Bulls fan, I was glad we made—we didn't make the cut. To be honest with you, so yeah. But you <laughs> might
0: have your own bubble. Yes, which in that's, Chicago,
1: that's going to be interesting. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to start in September. But like, it's—it's it's weird because to me, it's almost like—I mean, it's great development for the young guys, but like. I don't see like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and those guys being in that bubble in Chicago.
0: I I, I saw Steph Curry. He was interviewed the other day by ESPN playing golf after another round mm-hmm. of golf, talking all about golf. And the question did finally get posed to him in regards to playing it. And he immediately directed it towards the young guys, young guys development, AKA there's no way in, you know what, that he's I'm not going to be part of the bubble and Klay Thompson, uh uh-uh. uh Draymond Green nope uh uh-uh. so it loses a lot of that star power right but it is like you said a great chance for the youth development and and that's uh, the biggest reason why that they're doing it so all these teams that did make this bubble in Orlando can go ahead and develop those young players because the players that are over 30 that are already well established in the league they don't need to go ahead and and do this they need to they just you know, wake them up in December when they finally go ahead and start the new season. Right. For for these guys that can go that the rookies, the second year players, the third year players, this is a time that, yeah, it's only eight games, 10 games, what have you. It would still be a great opportunity for a lot of these players to develop. And that was one more thing I was talking about with Matt Moderno is that, yeah, Washington really doesn't have a great chance of going far, but there's still for Rui Hashimura for, he was talking about Troy Brown. you talk about the young players this is a chance for them to develop their game in a platform that could be very beneficial for their future going forward and i can't fault the nba for wanting to do a second bubble chicago has a lot of young players yeah that they could go ahead and really develop in that time frame the only thing is can you get all these guys healthy and stay healthy for that period of time because i think that's been the major drawback i've seen from the bulls is that in fact, I had them as a playoff team this year. I had them yeah. sneaking in and I thought they were going ahead. They were, they're on that route, but injuries keep stopping them. And I'm hoping that if they get healthy, that they can go ahead. And as a team, you know, just try and, and, and compete for those spots going forward. And I think the young players in the second, in the, in the second bubble could take advantage of that. And that would go a long, a long way for a team like the Bulls. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so, it's hypothetical, if, you, if you're if you going to the bubble, what are the top five things that you bring into the bubble?
0: That's a great question. That is an awesome question. Um, I wouldn't go on Instagram like JR Smith did. Uh, that's the first thing I wouldn't do and complain, complain, complain. Because, uh, you know, I'm just going to say this right now. I love JR. <laughs> Thankful <laughs> that he's on the team but after two years out of the league, you're free right away complaining already. It gives the wrong, you know, first at first it's fun that they're going ahead and complaining about uh, the you know the rooms and whatnot, but these are the type of rooms that I've been. I, I've been to Orlando twice. Those are the type of rooms that I've been when I've stayed there. You know, I, I can only afford so much. So if I'm going in there and I, I would make sure that uh, I, well, I would love to bring either one of my consoles or both of my con- game consoles, that would be awesome. Um, I would probably bring a laptop. I would probably bring, if I'm staying over three and a half months. Obviously, as many pictures of my family as I could, just to just to try and make it home. I know Patrick Beverly did a great job of making it very homey, uh, as far as the the pictures, the the stuff that he has, the way he laid it out. He it almost feels like an extension of his home there. And I truly, you know, even though it's a he's a Los Angeles Clipper, I, I commend him for doing that. But yeah, with me, it'd be like laptop, my game consoles, um, obviously my headset. So I could go ahead and either broadcast or, or things of that nature, uh, go ahead and just listen to a lot of great stuff that that's out there or listen to your shows uh, on nonstop while I'm there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a couple more things. That's a good question. I would probably say, make sure I have enough clothes. And then always the standard, make sure you have enough underwear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear my mom saying in the back of my head, you know, make sure you have enough underwear when you get down there. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so it's, that's probably the best thing. But, yeah, making sure I have the electronics. You got to have the yeah. electronics. Absolutely,
1: especially in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, Jeff asks a good question. Now, um, elephant in the room, what do they do when a star tests positive?
0: Well, I can tell you right now that according to the league, they immediately isolate him. Then they're going to have to do a, an extensive contract tra- contact tracing because who has that player come in contact with within a period of time since they've been in Orlando? So you got to go ahead and t- retest all those players, staff, and personnel that had access to that player. Find out where that player may have caught it from, or and also prevent those you know, or see if those other individuals. Have been affected by as well but you put that person have to put that person into more quarantine and i'm sorry for that person who goes into quarantine after they just came out of quarantine but yeah that that's pretty much what's going to happen so if let's say god forbid lebron right. gets uh coronavirus uh he would go in immediate lockdown and then the nba would do an investigation on contact tracing on everybody involved get them all retested making sure that they're going to go ahead and and be safe or or hopefully that they won't contract it as well. But yeah, anybody, I think it's uh, for a period of at least four days and they must have two subsequent negative tests to get back out on the floor. But then you also have to go ahead and have extensive health testing to make sure that there's no long-term damage to the lungs or the heart because that's what they're thinking now these days. Is that, okay, you got over it, but what are the long-term ramifications of you contracting the coronavirus? So that's what they're looking right now as far as the league is concerned. So they now have doctors and cardiologists. They're also, let's say LeBron James gets it, but he tests out uh, after a period of time, let's say four or five days, he tests out two times negative in a row. He still will have to undergo testing to make sure his lung capacity and his heart are at a level that's commensurate with what he can do in the NBA.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna be the that's gonna be the tricky aspect of it all when it actually goes down, and like you know, like saying, and other players have had different effects. And I think the one who's had the most severe was was Spencer Dinwiddie at this point. Yeah, where he was yeah. talking about like chest tightness, and some days he couldn't, you know, he couldn't get out of the bed.
0: Rudy Gobert still has a, a as far as either was oh, it yeah. taste or or smell, I What of those smell. Okay, I think, I think he still can.
1: Yeah, and that's been, you know, for uh would be about four months now, pretty much almost four months of the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are there extra players in the bubble for replacements? Another great question, Jeff. I know that the Lakers have the two way players down there. I think they have a contingent of 15 to 17, I think is the number right now. And that includes the inactive players that you would place right now for the Lakers. I think that would be Devontae Kaycock and uh Janice uh, um, attencumpo's uh brother costas attencumpo i think is is are the two way players that would probably be inactive that if let's say again like uh, lebron's there uh and he gets sick you would immediately activate him if everybody else came out negative because that's the first thing you're gonna do is is make sure everybody else came out negative but uh yeah they, they i think the teams down there have about 15 to 17 players just in case that contingency there. The staff and everybody involved is about 35 to 37 uh, as far as down there. They're trying to control it within a certain amount of people. They don't want to have too many people going down there because that just increases the risk for the virus. But I think the group that you can have there is up to 35 to 37, 15 to 17 of which are players. And the only thing is, with with comes to Brooklyn, that's the hard part is because they've, like you yeah. said, Spencer Dinwiddie, and they've had six players, either injury reasons, prevention reasons, or coronavirus reasons. They're not going. You're trying to find all these add on players like Michael Beasley, Jordan Crawford, and the like. And yeah, it, it, you should have about uh, most of these teams, maybe Brooklyn, not. Maybe they're probably around 14, 15. But most of these, these teams are, are going in there with 17 uh 17 players that would include the two-way players that you probably will have inactive for most of that time you're playing down there, unless something happens.
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's that's the other thing where it's gonna be that the, the tricky part of it all once you know, and I guess it's just a matter of once we you know, once those things happen, then we'll see you know those effects. So Let's talk about the acquisitions of uh, J.R. Smith, and then you had an, another sneaky one before the you know before everything ended in uh, Dion Waiters. So your thoughts on those two acquisitions?
0: Well, uh, the J.R. Smith one—it was so funny because both of them were auditioning for the Lakers at the same time, and the Lakers chose to go with Dion over J.R. That to me was the first thing. But I'm going to be honest with you. And this is what most people are saying, that if there's anybody out there that's going to play best with LeBron of the two, it's going to be Jr. Yeah, he's played with both, but Jr. is a better fit as a spot up shooter if he's playing like the way we think Jr. could play. We don't know. He's 34. You don't know. He hasn't played in the league for two almost two years. So you don't really know how good he will be or how much he has left in the tank. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out if he gets any minutes at all on this on this Laker team. Dion Waiters, though, could be someone that could be very beneficial for the team because he did play two, three games this year for Miami. Uh, obviously, he had the incident with the Gummy Bears that <laughs> we really don't want to go too much into, but uh, <laughs> don't get Gummy Bears near Dion Waiters. I will say that he is probably someone that could be very beneficial when LeBron goes to the bench because he's a playmaker. He makes things happen. He can handle the ball. He can dish it out. He can do a lot of things that LeBron does not at the level LeBron does, but he can do some things for you within a 10 to 15 minute span that could really help the Lakers coming off the bench. It it all depends with Jr. The, you know, who are you getting at this point? Are you getting an over the hill shot? player that won't be able to hit a shot for you or can you get a guy that's going to in 10 15 minutes go ahead and get you two three three pointers and play uh, acceptable enough defense that's going to go ahead and 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 win you some ball games so we'll wait and see but i'm my money right now i think it's going to be on dn waiters just because i have not seen jr smith in so long yeah
1: yeah and i agree with you on that one and it's interesting how Cause I always thought that was a real issue in Cleveland with LeBron, where he didn't have nobody coming off that bench to help him, and then I was figure like Aver Bradley was gonna be that guy, that was gonna be kind of the guy they really need, and of course him not coming, and then bringing in this bringing in Jr. So that's gonna be the intrigue, like you said, and it could you know could Jr. be the 2016 Jr. who who stepped up in Game Seven. And you know, NBA finals, and you know, is he still great defensively? Could he be a guy who you could depend on? Hypothetically, if you guys play like the Clippers, could he defend like a guy like a Lou Williams? Could he stop him getting because we all know his death taxes and Lou Williams getting 20, 20 off the bench?
0: Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah. driving to the left.
1: Correct. <laughs> so, that's going to be a very intriguing, uh, when that, when that, um,
0: you know, as far as what that is concerned. So, Absolutely. And he and uh, mm-hmm. Williams plays so great with Montrose Har- Harrell, Montrose yes. Harold, I mean, those two have a great give and go game. I'm not gonna a pick and roll game, but so they're there. That's really something that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers, like you were saying. And uh, it is going to be interesting to see if there's anything left from JR, from also as well, Deion Waiters. And Marquise Morris, uh, yeah. he did not play well, but he was still getting acclimated to the team when the coronavirus happened. So I'm going to give him a little bit of slack. But if he can shoot like he did in Detroit earlier this year, yeah, in those games he did play, that could be a big bonus for the Lakers because then you can go small if other teams are going small to match up with them. And he could be your either your four or your five that can hit from the outside. And that would be something that LeBron and AD could definitely use. Absolutely.
1: So is this LeBron's last chance of winning that title?
0: I don't want to say it's the last chance of him winning that title, but going into next year, even though he keeps himself in such phenomenal shape, uh, he is 35 plus. uh, He is 17 years in the league. This could be his last run at the top. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, we could say, yeah, LeBron AD, they run a bag. They're they're going to be the favorites, yada, yada, yada. But you never know. You don't take it for granted. I mean, even when Golden State was winning year in, year out, there was always that chance like they would have a year like they did this year because injuries can happen and coronavirus can still happen and it can all go south from there. So this I'm treating it right now as this could be LeBron's last opportunity to him – for him to excel at that level because next year he may not be at that MVP-like level and AD will have to go ahead and be at that level. It will have to go from LeBron being the 1 and AD being the 1A very well next year in order for the Lakers to succeed. LeBron will become the 1A and AD will become the 1. But then the Lakers might need a little bit more support behind it and that's that's another equation with a limited salary cap that you're going to have to do a dance there if you're Rob Polenka, the GM of the Lakers. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. So right now I am treating this as, you know, just your window is now, do it now. This has been a wacky season, not only for the league, but especially for the Lakers with everything, all the ups and downs, the passing of Kobe, yeah. uh, the controversy with the PPP and the team and they the way they did the... You know, they they went after the small business loans when there are other more deserving small business loans, so that wasn't a good look for the team. Uh, and there's been so many ups and downs, the highs of of how well they're doing in the Western Conference, the lows of what happened in China and, and all that, and the comments made by Daryl Morey and all that. It's It's been an up-and-down season for the league, but it's really been for the Lakers, and I'm hoping it ends up and hoping they treat it like this is or this will be the last stand for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so you guys are sitting pretty well in 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 the um in the number one spot in the West, and hopefully the host host, host till. So, who was your ideal first round matchup?
0: For the ideal. That's an excellent question. Again, I don't want to play Dame Lillard four times. I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. Portland. Uh, I think who is my pick for the eighth spot? Who I think will will sneak in there because I never count out Dame Lillard. But my my of the matchup it, let's say if any of those teams in the tied for ninth spot, meaning Sacramento, meaning Portland, uh, meaning New Orleans uh, or even Memphis, of those four teams, I would love to play Sacramento as far as the best first round matchups or the easiest first round matchup. that's the team I would like to see the most because the Lakers have been able to find an answer for Jean Morant yet uh, when they played him because he's such a he is such a gifted rookie and rookie of the year. Sorry Zion, just not enough games for you. Right. Um, and of course, New Orleans, they've got a lot of talent on that team. They haven't put it all together yet, but Zion's there. He may be that meshing force. So I don't exactly you know. I, mean, I know the league wants to see Zion versus LeBron. I, you and I both know that. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't really. Want to see it from a competitive standpoint because they could be they could prove to be pesky of the teams. I'd probably say Sacramento or even San Antonio because if San Antonio makes like if San Antonio somehow mm-hmm. jumps over not one, not two, not three, not four teams, I couldn't see them going very far with the Lake against the Lakers, especially with a Marcus Aldrich out. Yeah,
1: and that would be interesting too because you, you look at the other storylines now, you're thinking Luke comes back and. A, a potential Luke's revenge, potentially. I mean, that, the storyline could be that way.
0: That could be that way, but yeah, that I know be, for the know. league, <laughs> I know for the league, it won't be as attractive as a, yeah. a LeBron. But yeah. yeah, Luke, Luke, come back. Uh, I was sad to see him go. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Luke fan, Luke Walton fan. But I, I understand that there was, if you, it's LeBron's team, and if LeBron doesn't exactly like 100% of the things that you're doing. Yeah. Aka David Blatt, who I also thought was doing a great. Okay, get this. Remember when David Blatt was fired? What was the team's record? And they were they 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 were were, like like what like forty three and nine? Because remember Ty Lue was the coach of the All Star team
1: because they had the best record in the East.
0: That's correct, and they were on like a ten to twelve game winning streak, right? And he was still was fired. So uh, yeah. I don't know if David Blatt's a group coach or not. I mean, you hear from Europe that he's been a good coach, but yeah. I, I don't think he was given the opportunity. But he that to fully that he wasn't Cle- or that he should be in Cleveland. But again, it's all about Le- what LeBron wants, and LeBron yeah. doesn't like it. LeBron's <laughs> gonna see you go, and I don't think he and, and Luke ever meshed well. So you're right; it would be a good revenge matchup. Not the matchup I think the NBA wants to see, but yeah. it's still for us as uh, Lakers fans out there. I think we would love. Yeah, I think we'd love the intrigue of it. Let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, it's not. It's not the sexiest headline, but it'll do. I mean, you know, it, it would suffice if that does happen, and all. Um, you know, if that does happen, I,
0: so, I would say I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them, Sacramento. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, you know, Marvin Bagley Jr. Uh, there there's some good uh team uh, there's some good players on that team Buddy healed coming off the bench now uh, it, they're all healthy so they could go ahead and really make a a a run for it i think you should not underestimate it. They're, no they don't have the kind of uh veteran leadership outside of Harrison Barnes that then you maybe should need on that team but they're a young group that may not they just may just throw caution to the wind and just say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and take advantage of it. I wouldn't be 100% surprised if they made that stop on, but that's a lot of ground to make up. And again, you're not competing against just Memphis. You're competing against Memphis and Portland and New Orleans. And if San Antonio decides to go ahead and, and put its full weight into it, San Antonio as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, So which teams in the West do you see a threat? to you guys oh my gosh I, I i'm a little bit more cautious as far as some people say oh it's just the clippers and just they leave it at that Thank clippers you. are deep clippers have pg and Kawhi. excellent team and yes they are they have been treated as the stepchild for ever most of it because of it's well deserved because the the organization's been so lapsed but you know what in this past decade who has done better uh record wise uh since the lakers last championship it's been the clippers have had a better record so you know you can't sell them short now because they finally have a a uh, organization with steve balmer and the you know they all they have already have now a a foundation to go off of so they're they're going in a manner now that you cannot underestimate them any longer so i definitely don't underestimate the clippers and i know a lot of people that i've had on my show are not underestimating them as well they've been a hot pick on many of my episodes already uh for some of my guests and and you know that that's their choice and i have to i respect that because they are a good team if they stay healthy and they don't have Well, you know, I know, I I don't know in this eight game period how many games Kawhi and PG will be sitting out. Uh, You know that that's obviously something that they've liked to do over the season. They may continue that, but in the playoffs, I'm definitely not going to sell them short. Houston, if it finds the small ball concept uh, in the right way, if they play like they did when they first got Robert Covington together, and play like they did there, although the last few games before the coronavirus, they were on a losing streak, so. You don't know which team you're going to get, but if they're hitting their threes, they can beat anybody, and I mean anybody if they're hitting their threes. Uh, and that means the Lakers, the Bucks, the the Clippers, anybody. So it's not a, going to be a fun time when you match up against them. I'm not sold on Dallas yet because even though Luke is great and Christoph Porzingis is very good, I just don't think they have enough as a full fledged one to ten man roster yet to go ahead and compete at that high of a level. They may sneak into the second round, but I don't see them getting as far as, as that. Um, I guess the only other team that I really would be scared of would be Denver, and that's because Denver yeah. has quality players up and down the, the roster. The only thing is, do or is Jokic and Murray, are they good enough to go ahead and step it up even more, almost like they did last year, but can they step it up even further to beat the Lakers or the Clippers and or both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you think about it, they were close. They were very close last year. And and like you said, the experience factor played a big factor in that. And then now you're getting a slim, slim and trim Jokic,
0: which yeah. we don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He might have lost too much weight and lost uh, some of his strength, which was yeah. one of his attributes. Right, But then again, his conditioning has always been something that a lot of people talk about. In fact, you remember that, what, five, six overtime game uh, that they played? Oh, yeah. He yes. was exhausted, was and he missed that free throw because you saw him literally just almost ready to collapse when he was at the free throw line, and he made only one of two. And that, that was the difference in the game, and I think that – had he been in a little bit better condition, he maybe would have been able to go ahead. And Although, you know, you're, when you're playing 70 minutes, who's, in, who's going to be in that type of condition? But yeah. I just think that I would have to wait and see because he has lost a tremendous amount of weight. Everybody's talking about skinny Jokic right now. <laughs> I'm hoping that that will be a benefit for him for his health long term, but I'm not sure it's going to be – the same type of yoke you're going to be putting out there because he used his body so well from the defensive and offensive standpoint, as far as positioning and things of that nature, because you, as you know, you, he's one of the best passing individuals uh, in the game, yeah. uh, you know, regardless of position and the way he could position someone back, someone down and go ahead and, and find somebody was one of his best attributes and that he might not have as much now because he's not going to have the strength to do it or not going to have the strength he once had to do it so i'm willing waiting to see but again it could be working his favor because he could have more conditioning to run up and down the floor a lot more than he once did absolutely it's got
1: another question from my guy jeff so as of now do you consider lebron a true laker or is he just stopping by like malone and payton
0: Oh my gosh, that's a debate. Uh, you see it on all the Lakers forums out there. Oh, he's not a true Laker. La 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 la. And then he, they start winning, and some people are now coming off the fence, and they're now supporting LeBron. I'm just glad he's a Laker. And I do I, and do I consider him a true Laker? Hey, he as you are a true Laker when you put on that jersey. Yeah. To me, okay, you're a Laker. You're you sign that contract. You go ahead and start playing a games, and you just put on that jersey. To me, you're a Laker for the you will when he retires and he goes into the hall of fame is he going to go ahead and have that lakers jersey there as his main one no we all know it's going to be the Cavs, and that's fine that that's that was where he spent most of the time but if he goes ahead and wins us a championship and and we, ties us with the boston celtics for 17 all time and And I know a lot of people will be coming off the fence even more. And LeBron's the greatest, you know, he's the Laker. I always think that once you put on a Laker for me for that period of time, you are a true Laker. And I'm just thankful that he's on the team. I'm just so glad we're in the position that we're in. I'm so thankful because we've had seven years of misery and people laughing at us as an organization, while our organization, uh, the Lakers, has done everything, as you know, with the bulls and oh, yeah. how well or not so well that they've handled things recently. The Lakers for many years had not handled things very well. So I'm just thankful to be in this position. And to make a long story short, Jeff, you've been asking some great questions. You know what he, he might've not, he's not reading, chasing like Malone and Peyton did, but even if Malone and Peyton, you know, had won that title, if, you know things have been turned better and Malone would have been healthy and and Shaq and Kobe would have not tried to kill each other and they would have won Detroit I they would have been a laker for me at least a, you know temporary you know temporary or not they still would have been laker for that period of time but I do consider him a true laker right now he's been there for 2 years he's going to be there most likely for 2 more uh, he won't end his career with the Lakers probably unless his son gets drafted you know that's the thing. If LeBron, if if Bronny gets drafted by the Lakers, then he's going to stay on the Lakers. But if LeBron, if Bronny gets drafted by, I don't know, uh, by Chicago Bulls, then guess where he's going for the final years or year of his. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah, that's that's what I'm going to say right now is, he, yes, he's a Laker for now, and obviously it's been beneficial for him because he's done so much right now he's focused he wants to play he wants to go ahead and win one for the for the team he's saying all the right things and you can see it the way he's out there on the floor he's determined to do it but also from a business aspect this has been a great thing for him because you see the production deals he signed i know everybody out there's you know when they go check variety or hollywood reporter they see the, the the mega deals that he signed. so he has a great business savvy a great business savvy i should say and he really knows how to go ahead and market himself and what he's doing and what he wants to accomplish. So this has been a big win for him even if the Lakers don't have, end up winning a championship, which I hope that they do, this has been a big win for him and a big win for the team because it's put them back in the light in, in the in the spotlight once again and not just an afterthought like they were for the past 7 years. So yeah, I think uh you know, like like you said Jeff, he's all in. And I I, I'm happy to see it. Yes. Part of it's because he's here for Hollywood and all that, but that's great for him. Great for his name. Great for his brand, but it's also been great for the Lakers as well. Absolutely.
1: So what teams in the East do you see um, as a threat to the Lakers? If you guys do make it to the NBA finals.
0: Well, if they do to make it to the NBA Finals right now, I'm I'm going with Milwaukee just because the de facto you have Giannis at the Uh He's going to be so hard for us to match up. If Philadelphia ever gets its act together, and as you know, in the playoffs it does slow down, it does become more defensive minded, and they could throw a defensive wall out there on Giannis at with big guy after big guy after big guy on him and be successful and if milwaukee's not hitting the threes they could make some noise but then again they all have to get on the same page and that's been hard for them all season so i don't know about that nick nurse great coach we're seeing it right now with with how well toronto's played without Kawhi. so got to give them props they could have a have a say in all this you hear the stories about uh how well miami's doing and you have jimmy butler doing so well but Boston, as much as as the Lakers fans, I hate to say this, uh, Boston. If Jason Tatum plays at that superstar level like he was mm-hmm. earlier this season, uh, you know they could they could find a way to sneak in. They could definitely find a way to sneak into this thing. And to me, this is a platform. It's uh, it's due to a very unfortunate circumstances, but to me, it's a it's a platform where the best team will win because everybody's on the same page. Everybody's on the same platform there's nobody getting like a home court advantage a home crowd advantage or they're on the road or anything like that everybody's the road team everybody's the home team i don't even know why the nba lists out home and road team it's kind of ridiculous since they're all just under one of them but they're all undergoing the same thing and the same conditions and and you know what whoever wins this championship not only should not get an asterisk but as Doc Rivers said, they should get a gold gold star because this is something yeah. that has never been done before, never gone through before, and it will it will prove to me that the, the best NBA team will win the season.
1: Yeah. And another thing, too, and I think what's another good thing, too, where, where you eliminate the home field advantage in the sense the teams who are in an underdog seat, essentially like, look, we had nothing to play for. I mean, we you got everything to play for. Everybody... Counting this out, so that's another thing where I think the series are going to be a lot closer. Where I don't think you're going to see a lot of sweeps, no. as you you know would normally would see in the you know.
0: In and you can see sales. surprises because there's no home adva- home court advantage to take right. a, a team psychologically out of a game, right? So you could see point where okay, a team gets down by 15, but comes back because they don't have that edge or they don't they feel like that they. They have that momentum to fight against. So that could be something there as well. You could see some surprises. You could see, I'm not going to say you're going to see like a Denver 1-8 matchup where Matumbo is holding the ball up over his head like he did when they were 8th seed and then he won. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, this is one of the toughest playoffs ever. And it's going to be the best, best team. But I think you will see one or two surprises as far as matchups, as far as who wins.
1: Yeah. Then also got this one here.
0: Oh, absolutely! Thank you. Um, Appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, That's for our pop culture cosmos show. Thank you so much. You've you've had uh, Josh from Cinematic Blind Spots was a great guest, and you know, thank you so much for for listening to it. And you know, I just. A lot of shows that i do uh but i'm just so thankful for anybody who listens to any one of them whether it's the pop culture cosmos lakers fast Breaker, inside sports fantasy football i truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to it and josh i hope to get him on real soon as well absolutely so where can
1: where can they find you on social media
0: oh my gosh you know social media out there uh, jr smith does that was so funny absolutely that's it. when he was on the other day, and he was talking about his room, and he had I guess somebody from the NBA watching yeah. and telling him to get off of Instagram. <laughs> that was too funny. Exactly. But you can find me uh, at Pop Culture Cosmo or at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. You want to go ahead and and get a hold of me there. By all means, I like, go ahead and answer any questions or hear your opinions. Or if you want to come on the show, uh, I would love to have you on, whether it's talking NBA or pop culture. Love to have anyone on the show that wants to go ahead and share their thoughts. Uh, I'm hoping to get you on at any point in time. Yeah. I told oh, you off you know, Yeah, we'll work on that.
1: Most definitely. Just definitely- DM me,
0: we get you yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But yeah, cool. at Pop Culture Cosmos, uh, excuse me, at Pop Culture Cosmo, at Lakers Fast Break. Or you could just email me at LakersFastBreak at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com as well. And I thank everybody who goes ahead and, and, and listens to us once again.
1: Absolutely. And definitely, definitely appreciate you for coming on today and Must previewing the Lakers.
0: I, I love it. I, I just talking basketball. It's just so fun. It's Absolutely. right around the corner, my friend. Right around the corner.
1: Yes, I cannot wait. And I'm hoping that they're going to televise these scrimmages,
0: which will be a week away from it. So I think they will. I've, 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 yeah. I, I saw the, um, the Lakers channel, Spectrum Sportsnet, yeah. saying that they will televise their games. So oh, yeah. I'm assuming that NBA TV is going to be televising these scrimmages. I don't think it's going to be on ESPN, uh, uh, maybe, because ESPN hasn't advertised yet. But I would assume, at the very least, for NBA fans out there, it's going to be at NBA TV.
1: Yeah, because we need we need it. We definitely, definitely need hoops in our lives. Oh, you and I both. You and I both. Oh ah, my goodness. But yeah, man. Definitely appreciate you for coming on this week's Sunday sit down and and you know, appreciate it. And I, I'm definitely looking forward to the invite. And I should definitely be on the on the podcast very, very soon.
0: Well, the red carpet is right out there for you. I'll put it in Chicago Bulls Red, right out there for you. You just got to tell me, hey, Gerald, I want to come on the show. Yes. We'll do it. We'll book it. Yeah, perfect. Because you know, right now, on social media. That's all you have to do. For me, yeah. that's all I care. If you, if you want to come on the show, if you take the time out of your day to speak to me, you know what? I'm honored. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed. And I will go ahead and get you on. Yes,
1: yes, indeed. So this has been this week's Sunday sit down in NBA bubble preview as well for the Lakers. And, and we'll catch you guys in the next go round.